Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll chat with food professor Dr. Sylvain Charlebois. Also, Drew Lerner with World Weather Inc. will stop by. And up first in today's country comments, we'll chat with Manitoba Beef Producers Vice President Melissa Atchison. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us today to talk about the recent cold snap is Manitoba Beef Producers Vice President Melissa Atchison. Certainly in colder temperatures, cows are subjected to much higher energy needs. So anything below the their comfort zone, which in, in beef cows here is about minus 15 to minus 20, um, for every drop in in, you know, Five degrees Celsius below minus 20, they need a pound of grain is a good rule of thumb or some type of energy supplementation. You know, with the tough year we had with the drought and, and feed uh, concerns, um, you know, when we get a cold snap like this, does that uh, sort of stretch things thinner even even more so? Yeah, there are just some concerns about using novel feeds, and I know there's a lot of um, straw being fed and, and different, maybe perhaps green feeds, uh, failed canola crop perhaps. So there are some mineral um uh, things that we need to keep an eye on. The best uh, insurance policy is to have your feed tested and then have, um, after it's analyzed, have it uh, put through a ration by a qualified uh, professional. Are there specific nutrition uh, requirements that are important, you know, during a, during a cold snap? Yeah, well, I think the things that we need to really watch in a, in a really cold snap are certainly the increased rate of passage. So cows start eating a higher volume of feed because um, it passes through them quicker, but then that reduces the digestibility of that feed. So we've got to make sure that we're giving them some type of concentrated energy source. Um, separating animals into feeding groups is really important. Uh, you know, you have your healthy, mature, fat cows, and then perhaps your first and second calvers and your thin and older cows. Uh, having a good body fat store going into the feeding period is critical. Um, so we really need to keep an eye on body condition score when we're winter feeding. Um, really critical in this cold weather is having windbreak or some type of shelter to stop the wind. Cows can stand some pretty cold temperatures, but that wind really, really um, drops the effective temperature and, and can have some detrimental effects. Are there any issues with uh, with water availability? Yeah, water availability is critical. Uh, cows need to be able to drink enough water. As soon as their water consumption goes down, their feed consumption goes down, and that feeds into that loop of not getting enough energy again. So um, very important to have water available. If your cows are licking snow, that's not a problem. It's just not recommended for... Um, you know, weaned calves, not recommended for lactating cows. They need to be taught how to do it. They don't innately know how. So um, the snow conditions have to be appropriate. It has to be kind of loose and not crystallized over. So uh, if you are feeding snow to cows as your water source, you need to keep a pretty close eye on them. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on? or? Uh, no, just make sure that you have your ration balanced appropriately. Keep a really close eye on your cows in this weather and uh, stay warm. <laughs> That was Melissa Atchison, Vice President with Manitoba Beef Producers. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The Government of Canada is welcoming the Canada-United States-Mexico Agreement Dispute Settlement Panel Report on Dairy Tariff Rate Quota, which ruled in favour of Canada and its dairy industry. The panel recognized the legitimacy of Canada's supply management system and confirmed that Canada has the discretion 
To manage its TRQ allocation policies under Kuzma in a manner that supports Canada's supply management system. The announcement follows the United States' request for a dispute settlement panel on May 25th, 2021. The parties must endeavor to agree on a resolution of the dispute no later than February 3rd. Colder temperatures across the prairies are expected to remain heading into the weekend. Drew Lerner with World Weather Inc. gave us his outlook. We are going to see some more winter weather ahead. We're going to get a little bit of a break here, though. That's the important thing. As we go forward through this next week to week and a half, uh, there will be an opportunity to warm up the atmosphere a little bit. Uh, one of those January thaw-type environments. I don't know that we're going to go above freezing, though, but we'll get away from the bitter cold, perhaps. This will probably take place uh, in waves as we go forward through the weekend and next week. Our warmest weather relative to normal will probably develop in the second half of next week. Lerner says snow is expected to accompany the warmer weather. He notes many areas of Alberta and Saskatchewan were seeing a lack of snow heading into the week, which is a concern given the drought situation last year. The head of Saskatoon-based fertilizer giant Nutrien has stepped down after less than nine months on the job. A spokeswoman says the company cannot comment on the reason behind President and CEO Mayo Schmidt's departure, as there are legal constraints on what they can say. In November, the company, which reports in U.S. dollars, reported record-adjusted earnings of $4.7 billion and free cash flow of $2.8 billion in the first nine months of 2021. Ken Seats, Executive Vice President and CEO of Nutrient's Potash Business, has been named Interim Chief Executive. And the General Manager of Manitoba Pork says they have a lot planned for the year ahead. Here's Cam Dahl. I think longer term, uh, you know, looking at at responding to to some of the public trust issues, we've just gone through a renewal of our our strategic plan, and it was a really good process to see where we need to to focus on. And, And some of the issues would be, uh, you know, answering that public question of, of where does my food come from and how is it produced. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, January 5th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get a weather update from Drew Lerner with World Weather Inc. The cold weather is expected to stick around heading into the weekend. I asked Drew Lerner with World Weather Inc. just how long these colder temperatures will be here. We are going to see some more winter weather ahead. We're going to get a little bit of a break here, though. That's the important thing. Uh, As we go forward through this next uh, week to week and a half, uh, there will be an opportunity to warm up the atmosphere a little bit. Uh, One of those January thaw-type environments. I don't know that we're going to go above freezing, though, but we'll get away from the bitter cold, perhaps. Uh, This will probably take place uh, in waves as we go forward through the weekend and next week. Our warmest weather relative to normal will probably develop in the second half of next week, and from there into the following weekend. should be fairly nice. Uh, We'll have an opportunity to uh, get out out a little bit and enjoy uh, some less intensive weather. Uh, But with the warming, we will have a chance for a little bit more snowfall to occur. First, we're going to pick up on some snow here in the not-so-distant future. Uh, That will be followed by a period of drier weather. But when we start warming up, we'll start sending some more waves of snow across the region. The next larger event probably coming up over the weekend. 
the uh, again the warmest weather will come uh, in the second half of next week. I would not suggest, though, that we're going to stay warm. Uh, we are in an environment here where more cold weather is likely to come back into play as we get into the latter part of this month, maybe even shortly after mid-month, and we'll start seeing waves of cold air coming and going through the region again. So it is only midwinter, and we do have a ways to go, but we'll get a break from these extremes that we've seen recently. What's the uh, snowfall been like up until uh, this point? Yes, there is still a lack of snow in uh, east, central, and southern Alberta, uh, central and southwest and west central parts of Saskatchewan. It's amazing, as cold as we've been in recent weeks, how little snow is present in those areas. And that is a big concern. That area is the drought-stricken region where we just have very little moisture in the soil. And there's a lot of concern about the fact that it isn't precipitating in those areas. And we are going to come into spring with a moisture shortage still prevailing in those areas. We do see an opportunity for relief as we go through the growing season next year. But it's a question as to how quickly we can get some moisture to occur for spring planting. And we're a long ways away from that period, but uh, this is a big concern, and we do need to keep an eye on that region. Uh, there are areas that are absolutely snow-free and other areas that just have a dusting to uh, maybe a couple of inches on the ground. And the situation is much better, of course, across Manitoba and eastern parts of Saskatchewan, as well as northern and far western parts of Alberta. Uh, but that central area just is going to have to have a weather change sometime soon. That was Drew Lerner, Agricultural Meteorologist with World Weather Inc. Mennonite Disaster Service Canada has its own Hay West initiative, which links producers in Saskatchewan who are looking for hay with hay from farmers in Ontario. Glenda Lee Allen Vossler talked with the communications manager for MDS, John Longhurst, about their Hay West program. John, let's start by talking about MDS. Give us a, a little background on the organization and its role. Mennonite Disaster Service is the uh, natural disaster response arm of the Mennonite churches in Canada and the United States. We typically respond to natural disasters like tornadoes, hurricanes, floods, fires, earthquakes. But last year in Saskatchewan, weather was a disaster with so many farmers experiencing drought. And so we want to respond to that as well. So tell us a little bit more about how MDS became involved in this and what has been happening to date. In 2012, there was a drought in Ontario. And farmers in Saskatchewan responded by sending hay east to help people in that province. When the drought hit in Saskatchewan last year, and farmers in Ontario remembered that, and they wanted to return the favor for something they called Hay West. And so they started an appeal to farmers in that province who had better crops to uh, donate hay so that they could help farmers in Saskatchewan. To date, about 24 farmers have received a load of hay and we have some other hay in the pipeline, but there's still about 25 or six or more farmers in Saskatchewan who have requested hay, and we want to make sure that they get some. And this is over and above the CFA's Hay West program. 
That's correct. So CFA is also doing a Hay West program. This is the NDS, or Mennonite Disaster Service Hay West program. Um, many people wanting to respond. This is just the way that we're doing it. So how does the program work for producers, maybe that are, are still trying to locate hay? So if someone in Saskatchewan needs hay, they can uh, do it in two ways. They can go to our website, and they can find an application form there. Or they can call Daryl at 306-717-3987 or Ike at 306-342-7921. And they can indicate that they need hay and then they can get an application form and fill it out. And how does the program work for producers? Is there a, a fee associated with this? Kind of break it down for us, if you would. Farmers can apply um, to the program, and they need to be approved. We're looking in the main for family farms. That's our our area of focus. And uh, we want to help uh, people who are struggling to get hay right now. In in terms of cost, um, if if a farmer can pay for transportation, then, of course, we're happy to uh, accept that. If not, we are uh, accepting donations from people across Canada to help us defray the cost of transportation. Final thoughts, key comments that you would like to leave with producers today? Well, um, just in general, that the drought now seems so far so long ago. And uh, since that time, there have been so many other disasters in North America to dominate our attention. And of course, we're all struggling with Omicron right now. But I'm just reminded that every morning, livestock farmers in Saskatchewan have to get up and go feed their cattle. And uh, they still, many of them still are struggling to uh, keep going. And through the program, we want them to remember that they haven't been forgotten and that uh, we uh, are trying to help make sure that they can keep their herds and keep going. I've been talking with John Longhurst. John is the Communications Manager with Mennonite Disaster Service Canada. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen-Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Agriculture is offering environmental farm plan workshops over the winter. These will be held online. Visit the Manitoba Agriculture website to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, joining us now is Dr. Sylvain Charlebois, food professor at Dalhousie University, to talk about their end-of-year survey. Canadians believing food prices are uh, rising uh, faster than their income. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, no, it's, it's not just a perception. It's not a mirage. It's real. Uh, when you look at... Uh, at uh, the Economist uh, Food Accessibility um, Index, Canada is actually falling behind. We will rank eight, 18th in the world in 2020. We went down to 24th uh, last year in 2021. And, and because of a higher food inflation rate and because wages are increasing by about 2.4%, 2.5% right now, um, we're expecting Canada to fall even further in the ranking, unfortunately. And the, uh, the survey shows that uh, for the new year, uh, 63% of Canadians intend to, to make some changes. Um, talk a little bit about you know, what, what uh, they're, they're uh, hoping to do. 
Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. Uh, consumers are, are becoming more strategic about about grocery shopping in general. They are more aware of what's happening. They actually have an idea of how much they should be paying for for items on their grocery list. Uh, they're aware of what what they have in their cupboards and in their fridge before showing up at the grocery store, so they're wasting less. Uh, we've be- we're becoming more creative in the kitchen as a result of a higher food literacy rate in general. I mean, we're, we can use different products. We can uh, repurpose uh, leftovers. I mean, there's lots of things that Canes can do, even though food prices are going up, doesn't necessarily mean that you have to spend more on food generally. People are, are switching uh, grocery stores as well. Absolutely. And this is something that grocers need to keep a, an open mind or need to keep an eye on because you're, with, a, with, with consumers becoming more frugal, they will look for more options beyond uh, the grocery store they regularly go to. Now, because of the pandemic, 25% of Canadians have actually switched uh, their primary uh, grocery store uh, where they grocery shop. Uh, so people are moving around, and, and they're going to more than one store looking for deals, uh, those enjoy-tonight deals. And so uh, as grocers are trying to empower consumers to become food rescuers, uh, you know, wa- wasting less food. Uh, well, you're you're seeing uh, consumers looking uh, to uh, to save as much as possible at different locations. And the top resolution for the new year here is to reduce food waste and uh, also eat more vegetables. <laughs> yes, good luck with that. <laughs> Every year, actually, it's been like that for the last three years, pandemic or not. Uh, people uh, do think about food waste as an opportunity to save money uh, and, of course, to save the planet. Uh, but the, the, veg- the vegetable, the fruits and vegetable thing is, is, uh, is always a missed opportunity for, for a lot of Canadians. Uh, we just finished the International Year of Fruits and Vegetables, according to the FAO, in 2021. And uh, we're not sure whether or not uh, fruits and vegetable consumption has actually gone up in Canada. Let's hope that it does, because in 2021, uh, prices in the produce section of the grocery store really didn't go up all that much compared to other parts of the grocery store. So there are some deals there for sure. That was Dr. Sylvain Charlebois, food professor at Dalhousie University, discussing their end-of-year survey. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo has announced the appointment of the first woman, Jennifer Hayes, as chairperson of the Canadian Dairy Commission for a four-year term. Hayes, a dairy and beef farmer from Quebec, was first appointed to the Canadian Dairy Commission in January of 2017 in the role of commissioner and has held the position for four years. Colder temperatures across the prairies are expected to remain heading into the weekend. However, warmer weather is on the way. Drew Lerner is the Ag Meteorologist with World Weather Inc. The warmest weather will come in the second half of next week. I would not suggest, though, that we're going to stay warm. Uh, We are in an environment here where more cold weather is likely to come back into play as we get into the latter part of this month, maybe even shortly after mid-month and we'll start seeing waves of cold air coming and going through the region again. So it is only midwinter, and we do have a ways to go, but we'll get a break from these extremes that we've seen recently. 
Lerner says snow is expected to accompany the warmer weather. He notes many areas of Alberta and Saskatchewan were seeing a lack of snow heading into the week, which is a concern given the drought situation last year. And the labor shortage will be a key focus for Manitoba pork in the year ahead. Here's General Manager Cam Dahl. COVID-19 really has has pointed out, uh, you know, it made it has made it more difficult to bring in uh, foreign workers. For example, uh, the labor labor shortage is is real um, in in all parts of the sector, from from the barn up through uh, through processing. So that's uh, that's going to to need to to have some some focus. And again, just that resilience, keeping that resilience around. The, the supply chain and how it's responded to the shocks that came from uh, from the pandemic. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll hear from Canola Council of Canada President Jim Everson. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.